This is Living Lab Radio. I'm Heather Goldstone. The opioid addiction epidemic has made it abundantly clear that we need different and better ways to treat pain. That could be other non-addictive or less addictive drugs, or it could be treatments that address the neurological and psychological aspects of pain, the mind-body connection. As the dangers of the opioids have become more apparent, mind-body therapies like yoga, meditation, and acupuncture have become more popular. But there remain questions about whether these techniques are actually effective in reducing pain. Now, a new meta-analysis has pulled together dozens of individual studies and finds that, yes, there is evidence that some mind-body therapies can reduce both pain and opioid use. Eric Garland is the lead author of that study in the Journal of the American Medical Association. He's a professor and director of the Center on Mindfulness and Integrative Health Intervention Development at the University of Utah. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. When you went and searched for studies that investigated the effectiveness of mind-body therapies, you initially found uh, more than 4,000 candidates. First of all, were you surprised by that number? And then how did you whittle it down to the 60 that you actually ended up considering for your meta-analysis? I was I was somewhat surprised that the, that the potential literature was so big. But whenever you do a systematic review and meta-analysis like this, you always start with a, a big pool, and then you have to you have to weed out things that don't fit. So we were really focused on only the highest quality studies, studies that were involving a randomized controlled trial of the intervention, uh, because RCTs are really the gold standard for evaluating whether a given treatment is effective. So you found about sixty of those these randomized controlled trials where they tested the effectiveness of a mind body therapy against some control on patients and and actually for having sixty studies they, they represent something like six thousand participants so these are pretty pretty large studies would would you say yeah definitely I think that was one of one of the most appealing findings from the from this study was that uh, there really have been a large body of patients who've been treated with mind-body therapies to alleviate pain and opioid use. And um, and the studies, by and large, were, were fairly well conducted, uh, fairly rigorous. And yet 60 studies, when you're talking about the, the full range of mind-body therapies, maybe not a, a large number of studies to be basing conclusions on. Do you think we have enough evidence to actually draw conclusions about the effectiveness of mind-body therapies at this point? Yes, definitely. I mean, I agree with you that it's not a terribly large body of studies to to examine uh, differences in the efficacy across different types of mind-body therapies. Um, you know, for example, there were only five studies of of meditation-based therapies. Um, so, trying to understand the individual effects of of different types of mind-body therapies, we probably need more studies to do that. But if if you step back and look at the literature as a whole. I think you can draw conclusions about how effective these treatments can be. And you did see that mind-body therapies could be effective, but Eric Garland, you you also broke that down, as you were just saying, into the different types of mind-body therapies. And you mentioned those five studies on meditation. One of the striking things was how effective meditation seemed to be. All five studies, 100% saw that meditation reduced pain. I mean, what scale of reduction are we talking about, and, and how confident are you that it was the meditation that did that? Great question. Um, yes, and in fact, the the meditation studies produced uh, the greatest degree of pain relief uh, compared to all the other types of mind-body therapies that we studied. 
So um, how much of a reduction was this? It, it, it's hard to turn the, the meta-analytic number into a number that people understand, but um, just to kind of put it in context, I, I myself conducted uh, a couple of the studies that were reviewed, and in my own randomized control trials of, of mindfulness-based meditation therapy, we found reductions of pain uh, about, a, about 25% hmm. in pain intensity. And there are different types of pain as well as different types of therapies. When when you specifically look at meditation, is it effective on all types of pain? Is it, you know, just acute or more effective on chronic pain? Great question. Uh, well, in, in this particular analysis, um, and again, this was an analysis not only of, of people with various types of pain conditions, but what really made this this JAMA paper unique was that every study involved patients who were taking opioids for pain. So every patient in every in, in all of these studies were were taking opioids to alleviate pain. So among this subset, uh, most of the mindfulness meditation studies were focused on people with chronic pain conditions. Um, although there was a large study that actually my colleagues and I conducted, included in this review, where we looked at the effects of mindfulness on acute pain in people uh, in in the hospital setting, experiencing pain for everything that might send somebody to the hospital, anything from diseases or injuries, traumas, um, burns, childbirth, etc. Wow. So a pretty wide range there. I mean, you mentioned the fact that everyone in this, uh, the, everyone in all of the studies considered in this meta study um, were taking opioids for their pain. Why was that aspect of it so important to you? I mean, simply put, no one had ever looked at the scientific literature this way. There have been other reviews of studies of mind-body therapies for, for people experiencing various types of pain, and by and large, those reviews have showed that mind-body therapies are effective for reducing pain. But, but we did not know whether these therapies could help people who were also prescribed opioids. And, and given the, the opioid crisis in this country, that question seemed really important. And so we, and so we found that. We found that these mind-body therapies... Uh, are indeed effective for this population and and may even reduce the opioid dose that patients are taking. I mean that seems like an interesting and important finding because as you were saying the you know if you take meditation it may not completely alleviate pain but maybe if you take the the finding that it does reduce pain by by some amount and it reduces opioids suggests you know it, it's relieving pain enough to at least get to a lower dose of opioids which may then reduce the the risks posed by those opioids that's right and also with respect to meditation in particular um i think it offers another benefit which is that mindfulness meditation uh is a way of really of enhancing self-control and if we can strengthen self-control, that may give us an ability to to help people to moderate their dose of opioids. So, you know, just to take the only the amount of opioids they need to achieve pain relief um, and to prevent their opioid use from becoming opioid misuse or opioid addiction. So I've actually done a lot of my own research conducting randomized controlled trials of a therapy called mindfulness-oriented recovery enhancement or more for people with chronic pain to help reduce the risk of opioid misuse. And uh, across a couple of trials now, this therapy actually seems to do that. Hmm. Well, Eric Garland, this meta-analysis that you've now done did look at other uh, 
mind-body therapies in addition to meditation. How different were the results with different types of mind-body therapies? Uh, so we, we, we found that among the therapies that we, we studied, uh, mindfulness meditation, hypnosis, and cognitive behavioral therapy seemed to be the most effective, whereas therapies like relaxation and guided imagery uh, were, seemed to be less effective. Um, so there there were some differences uh, that we noted across the types of therapies. Well, and in addition to just not being as effective, there were a couple of studies that suggested that those relaxation therapies could actually backfire and, and lead to more opioid use. Yes, that's true. We we did observe that in, in I believe it was two studies. Um, and that was that was a surprising result. Well, Eric Garland, in addition to considering all of these um, therapies individually, you did of course, this meta-analysis. I wonder what benefit you see in kind of lumping them all together and being able to make a statement overall about the effectiveness of mind-body therapies when they are so different. And you see in these individual analyses that some work really well, some work less well, some may actually have risks uh, with them. Why try to put them into one big category and say, yes or no, this whole category of therapies works? Just to clarify, we observe very, very few risks. So two out of the 60 studies. Um, so I, I, I think really the conclusion when you look at the, the, the body literature as a whole is that mind-body therapies appear to be, by and large, safe and effective means of reducing pain and opioid dosing. And the, the reason why we wanted to look at them as a whole is we wanted to really encourage clinicians to consider uh, offering these therapies or recommending these therapies to their patients as a way to, to help to um, head off the, the opioid crisis, which at this point in this country, is, it's really important to have non-opioid alternatives. Um, and, and the other point I would, I would add here is that <clears throat> many patients need to take opioids in order to, to cope with their medical condition. You know, opioids are, are uh, an, an important part of the, of the clinical approach to treating pain, but we, we need adjunctive therapies that can help reduce the risk of opioid misuse and addiction um, among people who are prescribed opioids. And I think mind-body therapies fit that role pretty well. The fact that you could find 60 studies that met all of your criteria and thousands of studies that were in some way looking at the effectiveness of mind-body therapies in addressing pain suggests that certainly the research community is is starting to take these options seriously. Do you see that happening in a clinical setting as well? Is there um, increased credibility for mind-body therapies? Definitely. I, I, I do a lot of work in, in integrative healthcare settings and and physicians and nurses are, are really developing a recognition that these therapies can be very helpful. Uh, so there's, a, there's definitely a growing respect for these therapies in the medical community, and I think that's also probably why uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association published these results. I, I, I do think the big barrier here is how do, you get, how do patients get access to these therapies? So you know, doctors want to be able to offer these these treatments to their patients, but um, because of lack of insurance coverage and other barriers, it, it may be hard for people to, to access them. So I think we need to really work on that as a society. If, if we can offer people medication to help them with pain, we should ought, ought to be able to help them with meditation to help them with pain, um, which is a lot safer. 
That's Eric Garland. He's a professor of social work and director of the Center for Mindfulness and Integrative Health Intervention Development at the University of Utah. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Up next, what happens to a field of science when a prominent researcher passes away? Living Lab Radio continues after a break. 